Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for Family Business Radio. Showcasing outstanding family businesses and the advisors who assist them. Welcome, everyone, to another great episode of Family Business Radio. I am your host, Anthony Chen with Lighthouse Financial. Today, we have three great guests joining us today in discussion and how they got started in their business. So our first guest today, we have Felicia Darling with TT Spade Specialized Real Estate. Welcome to the show, Felicia. Thank you for having me, Anthony. Thank you for coming on. So kind of share with us kind of your background and what got you into commercial real estate. Well, I've always been interested, um, for a long time, I've been interested in commercial real estate. I would drive by commercial properties. I would drive seed development um, in its early stages. And I would have questions, just questions that go through my mind. I wonder what they're going to build there. I wonder um, how that that existing building, if there was an existing building, how it's going to change if I saw that there was some changes coming. So I have been interested in commercial real estate for a long time, but I have a background in speech language pathology. So um, I've, I love helping people. As a speech language pathologist, I help people who have communication disorders and also uh, swallowing disorders. So people who've had strokes, people with Parkinson's, um, and on another level with children, children who have autism. So just helping them communicate um, and, or, and or have sw- swallowing, help them with their swallowing. So I love helping people. That's just in my nature. Um, And with my interest in commercial real estate, I've been doing speech pathology for over 20 years now and wanted just sort of to move into some, to use my gifts and my talents in a different area. And so um, commercial real estate just seemed a natural since that was an interest that I've had for a long time. I just decided to move forward with that. Um, Got my license and just really realized that commercial real estate allows me to continue to help people just in a different way. Um, and also allows me to meet people, which I love meeting people. So it allows me to, to really still nurture that part of me, that part that wants to help people and also the part that loves just meeting people. So that's kind of how I, how I transitioned into that. It seemed like a natural fit with my interest and with my, um, just my personality and the things that I like to do. Was it any particular event or was it more of a kind of a slow road to kind of push you towards commercial real estate? Uh, well, just seeing the need uh, in, in healthcare, because being a speech language pathologist, I've worked with physicians, with um, physical therapists, occupational therapists, and seeing that there was a need, there were, I would, I was meeting people who were saying, you know, I want to start my own practice. I want to um, help people on another level. I want to, I have this this company, but I don't have my own space. And I really would like to get my own space and have a place where I can treat people in, in my own office. And so that seemed like just a natural segue for me to just go ahead and take the next step and uh, move into commercial real estate specializing in the medical field. And so that's what I've done. Actually, my clients have come from the medical field and have been occupational therapists, speech therapists um, who have wanted, who have had the desire to branch out, or maybe they were already a, a company and they had one location and they want to expand. And so they've wanted to just basically expand their footprint in Georgia. And so they um, just kind of was 
were at the at a point where they were saying, okay, I want to, I want to do this, but I'm a little fearful. I don't know if I should. And so I've been able to just help bridge that gap and help them over that, that hump of like wanting to, but being fearful. Hmm. Since you mentioned having 20 years of experience being on the other side in the medical field, and now you're kind of in the other side of helping them find space or office space, what is kind of a, a unique pr- perspective in terms of what they're looking out for in office space that might not be applicable to everyone else. Yes. So with being, having that, that background in the medical field, um, I understand the needs in, in terms of specific type of, uh, space that they're looking for in terms of number of therapy rooms, what they actually need in the rooms, in the spaces. So if it's someone who's working primarily with children, if it's a pediatric therapy company, they're looking for certain um, certain features in their office spaces, um, whether it be um, having a sink in every room, having, you know, making sure the, the, um, the furniture, the things inside the room are are low, are safe for kids. So they're looking for specific features in in their office space that may be different for someone who's focusing on primarily adults and and looking for um, to service adults um, in in therapy, whatever type of um, service they're providing. And so, because I have that that background, I understand when I'm looking for a client and looking for space for a client, I understand what really even what options to bring them because of just knowing what kind of some basic features they're looking for. If someone like myself were to be coming to you as a client, give us kind of a behind the scenes look of the things that you do that us on the client side or maybe on the public side just don't see. Yeah, so we we look at um, there's several different aspects that we look like look at, and specifically at DT Spade, what we have we have a special um, program software. Pro- program that looks at data and analytics um, that is different than um, than other companies. And it's an interactive um, mapping system. And so we look at, we're looking at competition. Who is the competition for your, so if you're a, if you're a dentist, for example, if you're a dentist, who is the competition in the area um, in just all of whatever area you're wanting to focus on? Where's the competition? What are their revenues like? Um, what are their, um, what's their employee headcount? So we have the software that we have, we can, we can, we have access to that, to that information. Um, and we're able to manipulate that and look at different, different aspects of um, household income that, that, leads me to the next thing that we look at. So we look at the competition. We look at the consumer. Do you know who your consumer is? What is your consumer? Uh, what are their habits? Where do they eat? Where do they shop? Um, and so we have, we have again, our data software, data, data analytics software allows us to look at median household income. It, it allows us to look at where the spending is in the area. Um, so there's the competition, there's the consumer, there's the employees. So um, our, our software is able to look at um, the labor pool um, on a deeper level. Um, what is the education of the, the potential labor pool? labor pool in the area that you're looking at? Um, what kinds of, um, what, what is the age bracket of the, the potential um, employees in that area? Um, what are the average commute times? Um, so again, we're looking at all of this on a, on a map and we can see, you know, the hot spots and then also the areas where there's obviously a need. Um, we also then look at if there are any um, regulations. So for example, 
where, where are the areas where the government, local governments have allowed for um, special funding for small businesses um, or other types of opportunities for small businesses? Um, then we look at the um, the supply. So our, we can look at okay, where are where are the facilities? We can look at what facilities are available, and then we look at um, uh, the analytics. Just really comparables, comparing the actual physical facilities that are available. So there's a lot that goes into actually finding a space that, you know, a lot that goes into picking the perfect space for your particular business or company. And it's more than what people think about. So even before we get to, hey, we think this is this is a good spot for you. We're looking at all those things and we're basing and we're looking at them based on um, reliable data and analytics. So there's a lot that goes on before before just like, hey, I got this space I want to show you. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you look into more things than just hey, as you mentioned, a space magic happens. But there's a lot more background work. So with all those factors that you bring up, is there any particular one or two that you find uh, most new business owners kind of coming stepping in for the first time that they? very commonly missed, but it's something that you always bring to the forefront and say, this is very important for your business. Well, I think one of those things is just um, the knowing the consumer and also the, the, um, the competition. And um, so kind of, kind of both of those, sometimes someone will say, Oh, I would like to set up shop here in this area. And then when we look at the data, we're able to say, you know, that area is completely saturated. I mean, it's fine if you want to be in that area, but we've, we've identified an area based on the data that shows that, you know, there aren't any, there are only two dentists within, you know, 100 mile radius or, or whatever um, over here. And yet the spending and these, these uh, uh, consumers in this area are having to travel to go get their dental services, having to travel a long, a long way to get dental quality dental service. So this may be an area that you want to consider and want to look at. So um, a lot of times it's, they have their heart set on a certain area, but then when we're looking at the data, it's like, you know, it, it actually may make more sense for you to, to consider this area in terms of the, re the return on your investment. Um, so, you know, sometimes they'll have a, a, an attachment to a certain area because of whatever reason. Um, but then when we're looking at the data, the numbers, um, it, it may not make as much sense financially to set up shop there where, where everyone is or the spending, maybe for the consumers. You know, the consumers in this particular area that you're wanting to set up shop in, they aren't spending money on dental services. And so if you if you decide to, to uh, build here or to lease space here, uh, your your consumers, the number of consumers that you're going to have that are actually going to spend money on your product or your services is going to be low compared to if you set up shop over here where the consumer spending according to our data is way high. So I think that's one of the things, basically the, the location that they want to set to, to set up shop and to expand and looking at consumer spending and competition is one of the things that they're, they kind of go, wow, I didn't realize that. Okay. Well, no, I don't want to, I want to, I want to consider another, because if I'm going to, to build my business or expand my business, I want it to be successful. Obviously everybody does. And so I'm going to reconsider another, another area. So that's something that we can bring to the client that, that information that they don't already have and that they're able to consider um, the whole, all of the aspects of, of building a business and what helps to make it successful. Mm -hmm. 
it sounds like you, there's a lot of spinning plates that you're balancing at all at the same time. What is it that you enjoy most in your role? Well, I enjoy most just really helping people. So helping, and again, that just is just a natural progression, um, helping people and also meeting new people. So I get to help people fulfill their dreams. Like I said, uh, what I'm, what I find a lot is that that someone has had like a dream to start their own practice or a dream to expand their practice, um, but they just haven't stepped out on that. And so to help people with their mission, their goal, um, for example, I have a pediatric therapy client, one of my pediatric therapy clients, they want to provide services Um, occupational therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy to children in areas that are underserved. So in areas where uh, the the community, the people in that area don't have access to to pick a number of different uh, providers. They don't have access to to therapists there and they have to travel quite a ways for their child to get occupational therapy, speech therapy services. So my particular client has said, you know, we want to set up shop in those areas where there is a need and those people are being, they're not, they're not being served. They're having to to travel a long way. So that's their mission. They want to help. They want to help people who are not getting the services because of whether, um, because of challenges in transportation. So I'm able to help them with their mission. So I love helping people. So that's one of the things that I love the most about it. And then just meeting new people as I'm going out and talking to um, owners of facilities and uh, other tenants who may already be in that area. I'm meeting new people. I'm finding out, you know, what they enjoy about being in the area, what they enjoy about, um, you know, the people in the area. So I'm able to meet new people. So helping people and meeting new people is what I love the most mm-hmm. about what I do. So what do you see as kind of the biggest obstacle for people who are just like on a fence or thinking and maybe starting or even potentially expanding their business? Uh, well, the biggest obstacle I think is the fear <laughs> is the, the fear of the unknown, um, the fear of stepping out of their comfort zone. Maybe, you know, while well, I've been this employee for so long and I just, you know, I know what to expect and I haven't, I haven't done anything that's really kind of, you know, challenge me too much. So it's kind of the sameness. So just that fear of, I don't know how things are going to work out. And then just fear of, of, of failure or fear of, you know, what if it doesn't turn out the way I, the way I think, and also fear of, I don't really understand how this all works. So one of the things that I do to help um, with that and to decrease the, that, that fear factor is to communicate the process to the client. So explain to them, you know, how it works. And then also, um, and that's every step of the way. And also just staying in constant communication with the clients, updating them about what's, you know, what's happened, the next step. Um, And it helps them when they understand the process. It's process. It takes some that fear of the unknown out. And so I think fear is the biggest obstacle for a lot of people. Um, I've heard them say, you know, I've been wanting to start my own practice, but I'm just, I'm just scared because I'm not sure, or I'm just scared because I don't know. And so um, that fear is, is a, the biggest obstacle that I've seen. Which kind of segues into the next question is who, who would benefit most from your services? So um, there are a number of the, the type of person that would benefit from my, uh, my services could be someone who um, is either wanting to start their own business and, and are looking for a physical location, someone who um, is 
has their own location already. Maybe they already have a, a location, but they've been wanting to expand and get out of just maybe being in that one location. Maybe they want to be all over Georgia. And so they want to go ahead and, and, and make, make that jump to getting a second, third, fourth location. Um, and then also anyone who's looking to, um, who already has property, either commercial property or land for commercial use, who's not sure what, what to do with it, or is thinking, okay, should I sell it or should I use it for a different, different purpose? I can also help that type of person because um, sometimes especially in the age that we're in now and the times that we're in now, there are spaces that are being used for different purposes outside of the box type of purposes. And so, um, so not only someone who's looking to start their own business and or expand their own business, but also if someone owns property or land for commercial, commercial use, um, I love problem solving and helping them think, okay, how can we best use this space um, and bridging and help bridging the consumer with the, with the landlord, tenants with landlords. So um, on either side. So how best can someone uh, find you and uh, get some guidance? So, yes. Yeah, so, um, so DT Spades is, is where I work. DT Spades Specialized Real Estate. And um, we are located at 975 Parkway, Suite 1350. But the best way to contact me is either a phone or email. Um, office number is 404-939-9525. And my direct number, cell phone number is 317-938-3216. My email address is Felicia, F-E-L-I-C-I-A dot darling, D-A-R-L-I-N-G at dtspade.com. All right. Thank you for sharing your story, Felicia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we have a second lovely guest. We have Jade Getcher with Enlightened Design and Marketing. Welcome to the show, Jade. Thank you so much. All right. So getting right into it. So how did you find and, and get inspired to building your company, Enlightened Design and uh, Marketing? Uh, because God said to. That's oh. literally the heart of it. Um, I was home. We, I had, had stepped down from my previous job to have a second child. My husband and I had agreed we didn't want our daughter raised in daycare. And uh, one day God said, I want you to start this company. And I said, you've lost your mind. And he said, no, I haven't. And then we went back and forth and we argued. And um, so I can be a little hard-headed. I joke with people that I believe there is a gold-plated two-by-four in heaven with my legal first name on it, which is Brittany. And every once in a while, he takes it down and just reminds me how much he really knows. So I stood up to lead worship one Sunday when I had told the Lord, I said, if this is really what you want me to do, then I want a one name and light design or one name design and marketing for a name of my company. And of course I had to put the caveat in there, right? So, and I wanted it to have a spiritual meeting, but not in your face. And then also a secular meeting. Cause at the end of the day, my heart is to see souls saved for the kingdom. And I wanted to be able to start a conversation. So I stood on stage to lead worship one day and I had a vision of my exact logo. So I'm like, all right, God, I'll go look up the definition of enlightened when I get done. And I sat down and I looked it up and I was floored because the first definition said to learn something new. And the second definition said to have a spiritual awakening. So it was kind of at that moment that I was like, all right, you're right. I'm wrong. Let's do this. What am I doing? I'm lost. And it's been, um, it's been amazing ever since. I love the creative process. So I guess that at the heart of it, that's the passion that I have for what I do. (laughs) So did you, before going into this journey, did you have a lot of marketing background prior? 
I did. So I went to college for business management. Um, but at the age of 18, I've always been intrigued with the Adobe suite. And I just started teaching myself. I dove into Photoshop first and then Illustrator. And then I worked for a construction company um, that was amazing. And I got the, the opportunity to learn InDesign. And there's always been a piece of me that I could look at something and, and just know it works. It doesn't work. It fits. It doesn't fit. How can we put all of this together? Um, so it's always been in my blood, even though I didn't get a degree in it per se. Uh, and then all my experience on top of that has always been in the marketing and business development side of things. Now, sometimes, uh, I notice uh, you on the logo is you, you kind of call yourself the marketing department for hire for a, for a lay person like myself. What does that mean? So when we started this company, we offered so many different services. We couldn't really figure out how to put a big red bow on it. Um, and then what we ultimately figured out was everything that we offered was within that business development department that a company would have. So when we say we're your marketing department for hire for the companies that are getting ready to grow, but they're not quite ready to commit to the full-time salary of the employee, uh, you can use us and hire us on a project by project basis or a 12 month contract where you're not having to pay taxes and, um, health insurance and that kind of stuff for the employee. Um, but ultimately, either that or for the the business owner that wears too many hats. So you're allowed to delegate to, you know, things to us, kind of free up your time so that you can focus on the things that you have to. But everything that we do is within what a marketing department would be for a corporate type company. So it's going to be anything that filters into presentations and proposals, all your print collateral material, uh, the web development for the company, social media images that might be needed. Um, the brand identity, if you're either new or you're looking to rebrand your company. So literally, if as an owner, you'd say, I would delegate this to my marketing person or my business development person, those are the things that we take on. So would it be close to say, with kind of the advent of people doing outsource CFO work, yours would be kind of like an outsource CMO work in a way? Exactly, exactly. So we tell everybody, when you work with us, you remain your chief marketing officer and we become your marketing director. Our goal is not to come in and hijack your dream or your vision. We're not going to come in and try to change everything. We want to come in and meet you where you are. And we want you to say, Hey, this is what we want done. And then we sit with you and say, okay, this is how we think we can get this done. So we work with you and we, and we bridge that hope and the vision ultimately making it happen for you. So kind of give us a, a what it looks like behind the scenes. So let's say, for example, that Jade, I've, I only have so much bandwidth in a day. I don't want to do this Adobe Photoshop and all this marketing design, <laughs> but I kind of have a, an idea of, of what it want, wanted to look like. How, how does that look for us? Uh, what, is, what, is, what does the magic look like behind the scenes? Well, let's say that um, my, my most chosen service that we do is proposal development. So let's say you come to the table and you say, Jade, we've got this RFP that we want to respond to. Most of my clients are very construction-based. So I read through the RFP. I look at your history. We look at what projects you have to bring to the table. Then I sit back and I say, okay, well, we have to figure out a storyline. We're not just going to throw out your experience. We have to explain to the people on the other side of the panel why you should be chosen. Why are you the best choice? What makes you different? What are your differentials, you know, compared to everybody else? Because anybody can slap on a piece of paper. This is what I do. This is what I've done. But people need to know the why in between. 
So my time behind the scenes is spent researching who your competitors are, what are they offering, where's the windows of opportunity that we can expand on. Sometimes companies have bad press to work around. So we, you may have to answer questions that you can't lie. You have to be honest about it. But there are ways to arrange um, your page or your text so that it's, you know, you don't have to highlight it in bright, bright red letters. Um, so there's, there's a lot of research that goes on behind the scenes. And it may even be like if it's more pr uh, print collateral materials, you know, there's a lot of, of trial and error what works and what doesn't. And, you know, especially if you've got branding colors, but we're trying to morph it into a potential client. So you might want to showcase some of, you know, them, their company and what you do. So um, for every one task that the client brings to the table, I probably have 10. <laughs> it, it sounds like you're trying to help the business owner kind of share their or craft their story for those who are, let's say, for example, in a more ana analytic mindset, like engineers, they're very thinking dry numbers. It, would it be correct to say you come in and create art out of those numbers for the, for the business owner? Absolutely. That's a great way of putting it. And then what we do with that over and above is our role is, you know, we're not going to know every industry. We're not going to know the ins and outs of every industry we work with. But we should be able to understand what you do when we're done. So if we don't understand it, then we say, okay, if we don't understand it, this person on the other end is not going to understand it either. So maybe we need to rework some things. Or um, as you said, at the engineers, they like to write the book of how to do it. Sometimes we have to dumb that down. I like to tell clients we dumb things down, but we don't water things down. So we make it very easy to understand, but we don't take out the importance of what you do or the level of the things that you provide, if that makes sense. Mm. And I understand you mentioned you, touch a lot into the construction field. Um, and from our past conversation, you talked a little bit about government contracts and then the, the particulars behind these things. Share with us kind of the experience of what is that unique thing that you offer that others don't because of your experience with government contracts? Sure. So we are also a partner in government contracts um, and we create capability statements. So your capability statement is your business resume, if you will. So every time you were to go into a personal interview for a job, you tweak the resume, right? You take your keywords and you change them. You change your description. It's the same process with government work. So every, every government contract that you go after needs to have a capability statement that showcases what you can do and how it matches that contract. So sometimes we create capability statements generically for companies so they can have them on their website and other people can come along and download them. And then... Um, currently we're working on a teaming agreement right now. So then other times you need a con, you need a capability statement specific to a contract. Sometimes that's more than one company. So currently we're working on a teaming capability statement for two companies that have said, Hey, we partner really well together on this. Let's go in together. And so my job is to take both companies and fuse that into one sheet. And the hardest part about a capability statement is it can't be any more than two pages but you're basically including an encyclopedia of information on those two pages. Um, so we have a great ability to get it all in and fit it all in. And it also looks uh, beautiful to the eye because I think that's half the battle, right? If you have 10 sheets of paper on your desk, you're going to go to the one that your eye is drawn to first, not the plain word document. So that's the other thing that we do is we make them aesthetically beautiful 
to get people's attention. But then we also are able to put everything into that document to showcase that you're the choice. They need to pick you. Can you share with us maybe one of the most fun or challenging projects you've ever had to work on? Absolutely. The most fun is anything in the branding identity world. I love to create logos for people because I think there is so much personality behind them. Um, I've done logos where a, a woman wanted her grandmother's rose that was on her grave site included into that logo. Um, I've had the pleasure of doing rebrands for companies. So it's always fun when you take a company and they're like, "Have hey, you want to modernize this? So working out that creative process. Um, what was the other, what, did, what was the second half of that question? The uh, something that's fun or, or challenging, a project that you've had. Yeah. Ooh, the most challenging project that I've had. Probably working with a company that isn't far enough along so they don't have a lot of history to build upon or um, experience to pull from, but they say, hey, we need like a four-page document or a four-page brochure. But there's not enough information to really fill that. And so sometimes we have to get creative and, and say, well, why don't we do this or why don't we do that? But at the end of the day, I can, I'm can i proud to say there's not a single project we have not been able to complete. So, mm-hmm. so let's say, for example, someone's a business owner that's kind of listening to this. Like, okay, that's that's great, you know, but I, I'm having kind of an issue like you mentioned, I, 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 they, they perceive that they just don't have enough years in the business to have a, a long profile to build upon. How do they know that when is the right time for them to come to someone like you? So the perfect time to come is, like I mentioned earlier, if you are a company and you're ready to take that next step and you say, we've got way too much on the books, too much to handle, we need to hire somebody for the marketing side of things. Um, that's a, that's a flag. Hey, maybe we should consider enlightened design and marketing. The reason for that being, if you hire uh, us on a contracting basis, basically per project or by contract, you know, essentially at the end of the year, it's a 1099. Um, you're not having to pay the health insurance or the employee space. Sorry, Felicia and Richard. (laughs) Um, so there are savings in that direction. It's also for the business owner that is trying to save the money and they're trying to do everything at one time. But at the end of the day, as many of us know, that does us a disservice because we don't do anything really well at that point. So that's when you pick up the phone and say, Jade, I need you to get some things off my to-do list. Um, the only other option that I would say is if you are in a situation where you are going after a specific contract or client with everything that you have, and you just need to take it up a level. You just need that one-off project where, you know, we don't need this all the time, but hey, we need a 20-slide PowerPoint presentation. They exist. I've done 40-slide PowerPoint presentations. Um, Or, you know, we just really need a good lead behind something that just knocks everything out of the water. That's a great opportunity to call us and chat with us. We never charge to chat. So you can call us and we'll dream together and we'll see what we can make come true for you. Great. So for those who are already kind of on, on the edge of their seat, needing that help, how can they best find you? You can contact me by phone or by email. So this is Jade Getchell with Enlightened Design and Marketing. My direct number is 470-755-9906. Or you can email me. It's Jade, J-A-D-E, at enlighteninspired.com. Great. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you so much.
right. And our next guest, we have Richard Rain with Intelligent Office. Welcome to the show, Richard. Hey, thanks for having me. Great. So kind of share with us a little about your background and your story and how you got involved with Intelligent Office. Sure. Uh, I've worked in corporate America for 20 years and just got to a place where I wanted a better work-life balance, right, like all of us. Um, I, and that's why you, you opened up your own business? <laughs> well, I, I actually bought a business. So I actually wasn't looking to get into the franchise and wasn't looking into getting into the virtual uh, shared workspace uh, arena. Um, but actually uh, took a tour, uh, talked to a broker and actually took a tour and got involved and started asking some questions and looking under the tires and um, kind of fell in love with the concept. I um, realized that there's a huge market for this services that we offer and um, got in, actually started looking at the existing locations that were here in the greater Atlanta area, talked to the guy who owned the two at the time and said, hey, you know, I'm going to open this third one. Hey, we can do some joint marketing. And he was 68 years old at the time and said, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm interested in sitting on a beach somewhere. So let's work out a deal. And one thing led to another. It made more sense for me to financially uh, to buy his existing locations. And so three and a half years ago, I did just that. I bought the existing locations with all the furniture and all the employees and all importantly the clients uh, and have loved every minute you mentioned having you know been in corporate world for 20 years and wanting to go out and either starting a business or in this case buying a business uh, was there any one major event that made you want to make that leap or was it kind of a, a slow moving thing where you're one day you said you know what i want to make that leap uh in being in corporate america yeah i mean the jobs I had were high-level executive, financial, uh, CFO, COO type jobs that um, meant that I knew that I couldn't take vacations at certain times of the year. It meant that I knew that on the first of every month I had to do this, and on the tenth of the month I had to do that, and um, I had to run a budget for a multi-billion-dollar company that was going to take me two months, and it meant no vacations during the summertime when my kids were out of school, and so. That just get wears on you after a while, and it gets to a place where you're like, "Hey, look, my family and other things are more important than than that." And so I started looking slowly. I started looking at alternatives to the the grind. Mm-hmm. So, kind of share with us what is Intelligent Office? Yeah. Like what kind of companies do uh, you guys serve? Sure, sure. So, um, it, uh, that's a good question. So, uh, Intelligent Office is really a toolbox, right? We're um, really three different things that we focus on. We provide um, meeting, office space, workspace, the traditional, you know, uh, shared workspace kind of that a lot of people are familiar with now. So we space on an as-needed basis. So that's by the hour, by the day, by the month, by the year, however a company or business wants to use some space. And that's a small part of what we do. Um, we primarily focus on the other two items, the next being professional address services. So if a company, uh, think of... Uh, single um, attorney who's working from their basement, right? They don't necessarily want the world to know they're working from their basement. Um, And so they can use our professional class, a multi-story commercial street address for their business, uh, yet continue to work in their basement, put the entire world, their website, everything reflects the fact that they have this corporate office in a nice class, a office building. Uh, And then third, the third thing is really um, live answer phone support. We answer calls for businesses, whether they take advantage of any of our other two services or not, we'll answer their calls, screen them, answer questions about their business, schedule appointments for them, and and we do that for businesses all over the country and uh, actually in other countries. So it's Mm -hmm. 
completely virtual business. Can you explain go a little bit more in detail about the live phone uh, support services? Yeah, sure. So um, if a business um, needs to have their calls answered, if they're not getting their calls answered on a timely basis or they their staff, even if they have staff who answer calls for them, if that person can't necessarily answer calls you know, seasonally, we think the HVAC contractor or the CPA, right? They get a lot of phone calls at certain times of the year. And even if they have their own receptions, that person might not be able to handle all those calls. Basically, the way it works is they send their calls to us. They don't have to change their phone number. The calls just, we forward the calls to ourselves, to our office here, um, where our staff who sit in our offices answer calls. We don't send calls offshore to some other country. We don't send their calls to a giant call center where it sounds like they're talking to the cable company, right? Their calls get answered here in a quiet professional office environment. Um, we answer their calls in their company's name. We screen out any telemarketers, solicitors, long numbers, get rid of all that. Uh, then we answer any questions that the caller may have about the business, you know, directions to the office, hours of operation, areas of service. Um, do you take insurance? Whatever it is that that particular business has, that's a hot button item. Answer those questions. And then we'll warm transfer that call to the owner if they'd like. Right? Warm transfer means I put the call on hold, reach out to you and say, hey, Anthony, I have Steve on the other line. He's got a question about his portfolio. You determine whether or not you take the call or not. If not, we go back and we offer them a voicemail to email service or whatever they say gets recorded by our system, record, uh, an email, attached to an email and sent over to the client immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's all you know, highly customized to each individual business. So they can uh, do that however they want. A good, a good example of how this works is the plumber, right? If, if you're like me and you have a leaky sink at your house, and you call, you call a plumber, right? If that plumber, if you get that plumber's voicemail, you probably don't think to yourself, well, I'll just put this bucket under my sink and wait for it. Hopefully it doesn't fill up before they come. <laughs> yeah. Then you hang up and call the next plumber. Well, if instead that call comes to us and you say, hey, thanks for calling Steve's Plumbing. How may I help you? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, we could have somebody out there at 2 o'clock. Will that work for you? Great. Let me get your information and we'll see you at 2 o'clock. Now, Steve, the plumber doesn't even have to call them back. Just shows up at two o'clock and captures that piece of business that you were almost certainly lost beforehand. Mm-hmm. Funny you brought it up. Do you find a lot of these uh, contractor works might have been losing all this business the whole time until they come over to you and, I guess, for lack of a better term, having some kind of outsourced reception to be able to capture that business. Yeah. So our, our clients tend to be, well, all different industries, right? All different sizes of companies, established companies and solopreneurs. But um, the trades tend to be very common, right? Because a lot of times they try to do it all themselves, wearing all those hats. Um, and a lot of times they realize because they, they call somebody back and the person says, hey, forget it, we found somebody else or hey, no longer interested. Whatever the code for, hey, you lost this piece of business to a competitor is. That's when it starts to burn, and they realize they need to get some help getting those calls answered. Because at the end of the day, our services are so inexpensive; we're usually about ten percent the cost of hiring somebody to do the work. So at that price point, it, it, it takes one piece of business in a month's time to really pay for itself. And whether you're a plumber or you're an attorney or a CPA or whatever, right? One piece of business is worth a couple hundred bucks a month. So. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, from this morning with one of your LinkedIn posts, you had a particular story. You want to share that story to our audience? In terms oh, of- yeah. So um, the story was about a guy named Arthur that we had signed up for services. Um, he was a roofer. Um, he had an issue where um, he, for years, near decades, uh, when, he, when he got in front of me, it was literally for decades, he had paid for space, commercial office space. 
and hired a staff person to sit in his office and answer phone calls for him. The person wasn't very busy. Sometimes he would come back into the office and his receptionist would actually be asleep in the office, right? So we started talking when he came into the office about less expensive ways to do this. He was spending at the time about $4,000 a month to do, to have the space and to have the person sit there and do some work for him. So we started talking about how many calls he gets and we started talking about, hey, we can do this, a little, you know, use the space when you need to, but you don't necessarily have to have an office. If you're outside roofing all day, you probably don't have to have an office to sit in all day. Um, so we actually got him set up where we answer all his calls. Now all his calls get answered. He can do that 24 by seven if he wants. Um, we give him meeting space for when he needs to have a team meeting or an office if he needs to do interviews. Um, and with us, he's spending $400 a month. So all of those dollars get to be spent with a company like Jade or somebody else to get some marketing done instead of on, um, on people. Right? They, don't, they don't necessarily need all the time. So mm-hmm. it's a, a great money saver and a great way for a small business to compete against much larger companies, um, much larger competitors for a small fraction of the cost. Mm-hmm. So kind of rewinding time a little bit as you were looking for other businesses, um, what made you go into buying Intelligent Office? Did you look into any other fields? Yeah, I actually looked at a number of different things. I kind of fell in love with this one because it, um, it was very similar to what I had done in the past. You know, all the operations um, stuff that I had done in, in previous jobs, the finances and the operations were my specialty. And so this was similar to what I had done in the past. But it was also a business that um, is a very fixed cost structure, which is nice. So um, you can increase revenues, and once you get to a certain point, you can keep all those revenues, right? It's also a subscription business, so clients pay you month after month after month. Um, and it's also one that doesn't require a ton of employees or um, doesn't require me to work on the weekends or after hours. The weekend, you know, hours are very static. There's not a lot of overtime for, for me and none for the employees, so. Those were all real benefits to me in terms of the the business, the industry that we're in. And I think I was talking to uh, Jade a little bit before we got started here and said this kind of forced experiment that we're all going through this year where everybody's kind of required to work more virtually and from home or uh, in a different capacity has really paved big benefits for us. We are, uh, a lot of people are now more receptive to our services than they may have before. And, and that'll continue into the future as businesses kind of figure out what's the new normal for where and how people work. Mm. Kind of segues into my next question is with 2020 being the way it is and everyone's kind of finding, I guess, a footing as to what a new norm would be of what it's like to work in an office or as most of us are experiencing in a virtual office, you find a lot more people coming to you in terms of demand for, for your services or maybe um, a different take towards office space or office usage. Yeah, I would say that during this time that we've all been at home, there's been a little less use of the meeting spaces. People are just doing less face-to-face meetings, right? Obviously, we're doing less of that. Uh, But we see a lot more interest in professional address services, people who um, are starting their own businesses, maybe because they're not doing what they were doing before, right? So now, hey, I'm going to start my own business, and I need to have an address for the Secretary of State, and I need to have listed on Google, and so I want want to use an address that's not my home address. A lot of demand for that. And a lot of demand for the phone service. People are figuring out different ways to do things, right? Now, maybe it doesn't make sense from a technological standpoint or from a headcount standpoint to have a full-time receptionist working from their home where the dog is barking or where the kids are uh, making noise, right? We still need to have a professional receptionist, but we don't necessarily need to have um, 
the one that we had, or the one that we had is now doing something else. And so it has caused a great upheaval in the way we work and um, how we work, where we work, all of those things. So yeah, there there is uh, continues to be a great demand for this. Some of our biggest months ever have been uh, in these past three or four months. And so uh, I'm really excited about the future of this business and the future of the industry. Um, and hope that we get back to a more normal way of conducting our businesses in the very near future. Now, you mentioned uh, on the trades work being leveraging very heavily on, on your services because, well, they can't be the one to answer all the calls because they're probably at work somewhere. Um, is there another field or industry that could leverage in the same fashion but just never really considered? Yeah, Um I would say uh, the medical field, our staff is all HIPAA certified, so we're able to answer calls for medical offices, and that doesn't necessarily immediately come to mind, right, because a lot of times the dentist's office or the doctor's office has a receptionist who sits there. Well, that person is probably paid quite a bit more because they're a medical office professional. They're probably paid a lot more than you need to pay someone in order to answer the phones. So what I find is a lot of times they want to outsource that phone work to a low-skill low-cost provider and allow their uh, professional office staff to maintain the billing and all the things that go along with high-dollar uh, medical office staff. I have a, a client who started three or four months ago. This is a dermatologist, and they have two offices here, had two offices here in Atlanta. Uh, they had office staff that was highly paid, and they were kind of not really excited about answering the phones, right? It was kind of beneath them. And so that they weren't, they didn't sound all that professional. The other problem they had is they weren't answering all the calls, right? They were only answering like a third of the calls that were coming in because they had a digital marketer who was generating a ton of phone traffic. Um, so you can imagine that this, they, they were like not answering a thousand phone calls a month. So now those thousand phone calls are being answered by us. Those are turning into appointments because right then on that call, we're telling them, yes, we take that insurance and would you like to schedule an appointment? And the business has exploded. It's, He's now opened a third office. He's increased his pricing across the board, and he's hired more staff. And uh, we're talking millions and millions of dollars to this company that they just weren't getting because they weren't picking up the phone. And now for a few hundred bucks, that's that's all happening. So it's it's really really powerful when, it, when you see the right place. So for our listeners and other business who are now listening to this and thinking, oh, how how much business I'm missing out on. How do we best find you and reach out? Yeah, uh, they can reach me on uh, via the website, intelligentoffice.com. Our phone number is 678-222-3400, or they can reach me via email at r-r-e-h-m-e at intelligentoffice.com. Thank you for sharing your story, Richard. Thank you. Now, kind of closing up our show today i tend to close out the show with one or two universal questions to bring all our guests back and from all of the answers and kind of the theme of today in overcoming one's fears and whether it be a golden brick falling on someone's head because of a message from god hey you need to open up your business or being driven as a passion to helping others on the other side or you know what i want to have some kind of work-life balance because time with family is, is something that you can't buy back. Uh, my question for everyone is for those that are also kind of on the fence in a similar situation, whether they're in corporate 15, 20 years in, or maybe they too are getting a tap on the shoulder. What's your advice for those who are just still sitting there and, <laughs> and just haven't uh, 
taken the leap yet. I'll go first if you don't mind. Oh, of course. Um, I would say I would say just do it right. Um, there is using virtual office services like ours with an address and a phone number. It allows a good number of our clients will continue to have their traditional job, but set up a new thing that they like more, um, and they can do that without having to quit the job that pays the bills and and nurture it and grow it until it becomes the thing that they can do full time, and it's very inexpensive. Mm, certainly. I would say um, for most people, I do think that there is a fear of failure. For me, when I started this endeavor, I realized I had a fear of success. I knew I could do it. And I was scared, what would I do with it once I did it? (laughs) And how do I make time for it? And um, as a wife and a mom, you know, you only have so much time in a day. So I would tell people, take it step at a, you know, one step at a time. Um, I do pray about everything before I do it. Or, you know, talk to somebody, get some feedback. But at the end of the day, take a step forward. If it works, take another step forward. If it doesn't, take a step back, pivot a little bit, and then try again. Because at the end of the day, you know, even a quarter inch of a pivot can change the entire outcome of where you end up. Thank you. And I would Felicia? add. I would add to that um, also um, everything that that the, uh, Richard and Jade said, but then also um, to ask questions and don't be afraid to ask questions of what things that you don't know. You would be surprised at how willing people are to share information and to share what they know. And um, so I think just asking questions. If you're if you're wondering about something or you're like, well, I don't know ask questions, um, contact Richard and ask him all of the services that he provides. Could you provide this for me? Contact Jade. I actually have some questions that I've written down for Jade and Richard that I'm going to be contacting them about. So um, ask the questions because when you, when you get your questions answered, it kind of helps to guide you for the next step. And you know, what's the saying, the journey of a thousand miles leads to, it starts with one step. So if you take that one, that first step of getting some of your questions answered, that will may help shape and guide and give you some more information and it'll give you, oh, okay, well, then then maybe I could do this based on that question. So don't be afraid to ask questions and and to take that that step, that first step. Um, but ask those questions. All right. Well, thank you, Felicia. Thank you, Richard and Jade. It's one wonderful episode and some words of wisdom for everyone. So to close out, this show is uh, brought to you and sponsored by myself, yours truly, Anthony Chen with Lighthouse Financial Network. Securities and advisory services offered through Royal Alliance, Inc., or RAA, member FINRA SIPC. RAA is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of RAA. The main office address is at 575 Broad Hollow Road in Melville, New York, 11747. You can best reach me at either my office number, 631-465-9090, extension 5075, or best through email, which is my phone name, Anthony Chen, C-H-E-N, at L-F-N-L-L-C.com. Until next time, thank you for listening to Family Business Radio.